Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. You know, I want to talk tonight um, about breaking debt. Um, if you open your Bibles with me, please. I know I told you to stand, but it's a spiritual calisthenics. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? So sorry. Um, <laughs> I forgot. We, you know, I guess it was semi-drunk in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Second Kings verses four. Chapter 4, verses 1 through 7c, it says, Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor has come to take my two children as his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me what do you have in your house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in her house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go. Borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels, do not get a few. And you shall go and shut the door behind you and in your sons and your and your sons, and pour out into all these vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. So she went and she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debt. Come on, say with me, pay your debt. Pay your debt and you and your sons can live on the rest. Father, thank you for your word. Speak to us tonight, Lord. I pray that you would anoint my words, anoint the ears of the hearer. I bind right now demon power, every distraction, every assignment, Lord, to take your people out of your presence and that they would miss what you want to say. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise, yes. Thank you so much. So um, we're talking, we're going to talk about breaking debt. And we see here, you know, you guys got notes? Thank you so much, ushers. Um, this woman in 2 Kings, she was in a desperate situation and she needed a miracle. Anybody need a miracle in here? Amen. If you don't, just wait a little bit. You will. So save these notes. You know, she had some problems. How many got? No, just kidding. Don't raise your hands. You know, her husband is dead, and he left her with a lot of debt. And the only way that she was going to be able to pay off the creditors was to either sell her sons. That's, that's pretty much it. She was, was to sell her sons into slavery. Now, there was no other option. There was no government program. There was no bankruptcy that she could have filed. There was nothing she could have done. It was either go to jail or sell your children into slavery. How many of you know that's a bad predicament? Amen. I want to encourage you, get a life insurance. Praise the Lord. But seriously, debt can be an enemy. And I was serious about the life insurance too. 
You know, if you're not careful, it can be the enemy that destroys what God wants to do in your life. In Proverbs 22 and verse 7 says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower becomes the lender's slave. You know, the urgency that sometimes we feel as believers, like, man, I got to have this or I got to have that. You got to care for that so that, you know, it's not for us to do things willy-nilly. It's not for us to make decisions, you know, without thinking through the whole process or, you know, or in other words, making stupid decisions. But it's for us to use the time that we have wisely and to reach more people for the kingdom of God. You know, the reason God wants to bless us more and more is to what? To reach more people. Amen? So sometimes we feel like, man, if I, you know, if I don't buy a house this year or if this doesn't happen, prices are going to go up. Yeah, but be led by the Lord. Right? God is not against us borrowing, but you must pay back what you borrow. Amen? You know, if you borrow something, you know, I've heard of before, and I don't know where I heard that, but I heard about you know, Christian borrowing is when you borrow something and you never give it back. How many of you know that's not Christian borrowing? That is literally the five-finger discount, also known as stealing. So if you borrow something, <laughs> repent and give it back. And if you borrow money, pay it back. I remember talking to a coworker one day, and he was saying how, um, you know, right out of high school, he, you know, he went into the military, and then he got a credit card. And he wasn't aware, he didn't know he had really bad credit because he didn't know that once you get a credit card and you use it, you have to pay it back. I'm like, are you serious? Like, is it like where in the world? It's like, it's free money. No, it isn't. Nothing is free, right? Psalms um, 37 and verse 21 says, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. And the media team, I'm actually in the NASB version, not the NLT, sorry. But anyway, many passages in the Bible make it very clear that if you do borrow, you must pay it back. And if you don't, it's because you're evil. The Bible says (laughs) that when you borrow stuff and you pay it back, it's because you're evil. Well, no, I'm not. God knows my heart. You know, what did Pastor Daniel says? It's black and wicked, something like that. Right? Our, our hearts are deceptive. Right? Our, our, you know, our hearts are deceptive. Sometimes, you know, if you're not uh, surrendered to the Holy Spirit, if you're not led by the Spirit of God, some of the great intentions you have, if you were to ask, really examine yourself, it's really got some evil things going on in there. Hallelujah. That's what I love about fasting. That's one of the things that fasting does. It's that it reveals the big ugly, like, ah, like, you get hangry all of a sudden. That's not hangry. You just, you, you need some healing. You're not hangry. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, that's one of the best things that it will do for us. It will reveal evil in your own life. That's not a bad thing. It's bad if you keep it once it's been revealed to you, right? But what did the psalmist say? Help me to count my days, Lord. Let the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. So you got to search yourself, you know, you know, when, and ask the Lord to help you. But borrowing and not paying back is evil. In Proverbs 3, verses 27 and 28 says, Do not withhold good. Do not say, come back later. I'll give it tomorrow when you now have it with you. 
So, you know, it's not necessarily evil to have debt, but if you do have debt, you must pay it back. Pay back what you owe. In, verse, in Romans 13 and 8 says, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. It is our responsibility to pay what we owe. And a lot of times, you know, not just, you know, credit-wise, but more importantly, you know, you are restricting yourself when you live in an unrighteous way, when you take stuff and you don't give it back and you don't do things righteously the way that God would do it, one, you're not representing God well. Amen? And that'll restrict you from moving forward. That'll restrict you from growing. And then God is never going to bless you because he says, you know, that if you are faithful with the little, you will be faithful with the much. And also, if you are unfaithful with little, you will be unfaithful with much. So, you know, if you say, you know, I, you know, I can't tithe because I won't have enough money. When I'm making more money, then I will tithe. That's never going to happen. That's why God calls us to give, you know, percentage-wise, the tenth of what you get. Because whether you're making, you know, uh hundred dollars and you have you tie 10 or you're making a hundred million then you have to tie 10 million how many of you know if you can't tie ten dollars you sure as hell ain't gonna tie 10 million <laughs> by the way jesus talked about hell more than any so i'm not like cussing out here i'm telling you for sure and if you lie and you steal that's that's where you're gonna go that's what the bible says <laughs> you know but borrowing money really is you know or borrowing you're gambling in the future. You know, borrowing style actually synonymous to your future. When you borrow money, you're believing that the future is going to be fine enough for you for you to pay back all that you've borrowed. And for the most part, we don't, we don't have an exact clear picture of the future, but God alone knows the future. Amen? God knows the future. So, you know, it's important, and we read, you know, um, in James, that he says, look here, in James 4 and verse 13, he says, look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a, a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little, a while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is sin to know what to do, what, what you ought to do, and then not do it. Hallelujah. So what he's saying is, you know, so can you borrow money? Yes, it's not a sin to borrow money. But what he's saying is that whatever you do, and literally what the scripture is not saying is, don't plan for anything because God's going to get mad at you. You know, I used to see it that way. It's like, then we can't plan? All right, okay. We just got to fly by the seat of our pants. No, that's not what it's saying. But it's saying in everything you do in life, include God in your decision-making process. So if you're going to, can I get a better amen? Yeah. <laughs> so if you got issues, it's because you did an amen. But, you know, because... You've got to include God in every single one of your decision-making process, especially when you're going to get into debt or when you're going to do something that you are unclear of how the future is going to be. And that's what he's saying. When you make a business plan, we're going to go to the city, we're going to do this and that. He's saying make sure that you have 
gone to the presence of the Lord, that you have sought wisdom from the throne of God before you do anything. Otherwise, you're going to end up doing evil things. Hallelujah. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, when you borrow, you should only be out of necessity. Whoa. You know, don't go into debt for stupid things that don't retain value or worse, loses value. Like don't, you know, don't borrow money to buy shoes. Although there are some shoes that can, you know, really increase in value. I think it was like the, what was it, what was it, the, the, the Back to the Future Air Jordans sold for like a million dollars and different things like that. So actually nowadays, everything's got a crazy. So um, anybody ever heard of NFTs? NFTs are like pixelated art. That's what they call it. It's literal doodles that people make online. And there are some NFTs right now. It's all digital. You can't hold it. You can't hold it. It's digital. It's on the interweb. It's online. It's on the cloud. It's, it's digital. It's virtual. You can't hold it. There's some NFTs which are pixelated artwork that are selling for like four or five million. There's one that was like sold for $4 billion. Someone transferred from their bank account $4 billion to somebody else to own that picture. You know, and there's, you know, the metaverse and all these things that are, you know, going around. So actually, you know, you really need the word of the Lord if you're going to borrow money to do things. Right? So, you know, do it only out of necessity. This is, you know, if you want to get out of that, how many want to break that in your life? Amen? So those, that, those of you that do, you know, and those of you that it's like, you know, like, if you're a youth, like, I have no idea, listen carefully, take notes, and save this. It's going to help you along, the, along your life. Hallelujah. You know, a good example that would fit that criteria is a house, right? A house you can afford can be a good investment. You know, there's the trap of the dream house. I don't know if you ever, you know, um, ever, ever felt like that. It's like the dream house, you know, after all, I deserve it. Or the dream car. Like borrow money for cars, you know, it's really, you know, iffy. Like I deserve it. And, you know, you go to the car dealership. And, you know, I remember one time we had a, uh, we bought a car we couldn't afford. And um, it was mainly my decision. And, but it was like a Honda Civic with navigation, which is like almost an oxymoron. But anyway, it was like, you know, the highest, highest, highest end uh, Honda Civic. And if you want a Civic, it's all right. But at the time, we paid a lot of money for it. And it was like, you know, we wanted to trade it in to lower the payments because it was too, um, it was too expensive for us. Let me tell you, you know, we went through the school of hard knocks and not knowing anything. And in the last, you know, really 11 years of our lives after we got our finances together and we learned how to, how to steward, we actually took classes and we looked for somebody that knew what they were doing and asked them, please help me because we need help. You know, and they helped us. That's when we began to grow out of immaturity and brokenness and always being broke. And then God was able to begin to bless us and it's been, you know, ever increasing since. But at that time, so we go to the dealership no, we want to trade it in to get, you know, a lower value. And the, and the guy says, you know, let me show you this car. Now, you know, we had paid like $23,000 for this Honda Civic. 
and which was very expensive, 2007, I believe. It was brand new, had like one mile. And so we go back, right? And the guy's like, well, you know, what are you thinking? What kind of vehicle are you thinking? And then he takes us on a road uh, test, test road, road test, test drive, test drive. He takes it on test drive for like a $30,000 car. I was like, is this not computing for you? Like we want a lower payment, but what he was trying to do is to get us emotionally tied in with that purchase so that we would make another stupid purchase, you know, and go, you know, end up having to pay more. And we ended up not taking that deal. And actually that car ended up being repossessed, you know, because we, uh, we called and says we can't, you know, we can't pay for it anymore. All kinds of stuff it was around 08. And I remember that um, the guy, the repo guy came. Anybody ever see those shows where the repo guy comes? This is many years ago. So I'm just being like super transparent for you to know that if you will follow the precepts of the Lord, that if you will follow what the word of God says, God is going to bless you. Amen? So, you know, and I remember the guy came and it was the first time I was really embarrassed, you know, and I just, you know, I was so embarrassed. But, you know, one thing that I learned from my father is, you know, you pay back what you owe. You owe nothing to nobody, right? You're, we're not scumbags. We're not, you know, we're not going to rip people off. So, you know, the repo guys, if you've ever seen those shows, you know, and people like, they jump on the cars and all kinds of stuff. So those guys are like trying to be super stealthy, you know. And um, I th did they call us? Yeah, they called us that they were coming. So, because we were talking with them and says, you know, we'll give it back to you. So um, the guy comes and I go out there and the guy's like, like he's looking at me like, what are you going to do? I'm like, here's the keys. And he's like, he looks at the other guy. They got a tow truck. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, here's the keys. There's two, both keys, here you go. Both fobs are there. We want to make sure that we don't lose anything. And we gave it back. The car was clean. We pulled all of our stuff out of it. You know, how many of you know, I'm not proud of that, but you know, it happened because we borrowed money that we couldn't afford. You don't want to do that. But the different part of that is a house. Let's say you buy a house that you can afford. You know, another thing, you know, it's like, Sometimes people want to buy a house, it's like they, you live in a one-bedroom apartment, but when you go to buy a house, you're looking for, you know, mansions. What if you buy a one-bedroom apartment and you go from a one-bedroom to a one-bedroom and instead of, you know, paying rent to somebody, you're paying yourself and then, you know, when time goes, you know, grows along, it's like, oh, you can sell and recuperate the money instead of wasting it on rent. Not that you're wasting it on rent, because we all need housing. So, you know, that's one good reason to borrow money, right? And if you can, you know, you can buy a home, you should do it. And spend, you know, a lot of times, especially now, rent is crazy. I remember moving back to Eagle River. We were moving to the valley. We had come to the promised land, hallelujah. And we, you know, we live in Palmer, and it was awesome. Then we moved to Wasilla. It was even better. We lived, like, really close to the church, the new building there. It was just a barn. And um, at that time, and then we moved back. We're like, you know, let's downsize. Let's move to Eagle River. You know, obviously it was the calling of God taking us there. And let me tell you, you know, that it was a huge step of faith, you know, and it was expensive, but God made a way for us. Why is that? 
Because we were moving at the word of the Lord. You know, don't buy things out of emotions to impress. That is always a trap. Because, you know, nobody really cares anyway. No, I'm serious. It's like, you know, like I want to dress cool. So, you know, you, got, you go and you buy what you think is like the, the hottest, trendy shoes out there. You know, then you show up with your friends and your friends like, oh, that's bootleg. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, it didn't happen to me. I'm just saying. It could have happened to somebody. But usually that's how it is. You know, so when you live, you know, in a, in a, in a way trying to borrow money to impress, it's not going to help you. So don't do it. Borrow only out of necessity. Amen? Another one is on G there in your notes. Have wisdom. Ask yourself, am I willing to lose everything for this thing I'm borrowing for? This is huge. You know, there's only a few things that should fit that criteria. You know, one, the kingdom of God and immediate family. Spouse and underage kids. Spouse and underage kids. Leave and cleave. <laughs> fly, fly away, oh birdie. Fly, fly away. I remember, you know, uh, I asked my dad once, because my dad has like amazing credit. He pays his stuff on time. He's a godly man. He's a tither. He taught me how to tithe. You know, I remember I, I used to go to work with him. And then we go, you know, pick up his paycheck. And he would, I remember him getting his money. He's, you know, he got paid. And he removed, took out cash, and he said, this is the tithe, son. Always pay your tithe. Don't steal the tithe. And he put it in a separate envelope. It's like from the get-go, the money got in the car. He took away, you know, the, the tithe. And that's what he's done for all his life. He's blessed, you know, um, beyond measure. And I remember, you know, cause, and he's got amazing credit, perfect credit. And I remember one time, like, we had less than perfect credit. And, you know, I talked to him. I was like, hey, dad, you know, I got this credit card, super high interest rates. It's like, you know, 30%. And I said, you know, I was thinking, you know, maybe I could use one of your credit cards to pay off all of my credit cards. And then I just pay your credit card because you have 0% interest. And he looked at me and he said, and, you know, my dad does a, you know, when he's pensive, he like, he kind of frowns and he's like, he bites his, like, his thumb, and, and he's like, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, I'm so offended. It's like, and well, he didn't say it, but it's like, dude, you're like, you're living in my house. You've been married for eight months. You need to, like, find your own place to live. He didn't say all that. All he said, by the way, you know, get married and move into your own place. Do what you got to do. Get a second job. Get a third job. Get whatever you got to get in order to live your own life. That's the first thing. You want the blessing of God to be poured out upon your life, you got to begin to take steps of faith. Amen? So, um, and he, my father told me, no, not going to do that. And, um, and I, you know, at the time I got offended, but I tell him now, it was one of the greatest things you did for me because it caused me to grow. It caused me to take steps, you know, and we paid it back to work and do what we needed to do. Hallelujah. You know, people know that people get their stuff taken away by bondsmen because they put up um, bail for other people. Don't bail people out of jail. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm serious. Don't bail people out of jail. Don't put up your car, you know, so somebody else can get out of jail. That, you know, because they're going to skip bail and the bondsman's going to come to you 
and say, hey, you know, is this the car? If they ever, anyway, and that, that happens. So don't do it. Don't get in debt. Don't borrow for things, you know, that you're not going to, um, that is not really necessary. So how do you know what to borrow for? One, seek God for his will. You got to seek God for his will. You know, Dr. Morocco tells a story of his, of his father when he lived in Manila and pastored the, um, the Manila Bethel Temple. It's a cathedral of praise right now in the Philippines. And he felt like the Lord was, you know, leading him to send a group of his youth to come to the U.S. and sing. Now, at the time, the cost of that is going to be, you know, uh, several thousands of dollars, which they didn't have, you know, and in, in Philippine uh, pesos, it was like, you know, they couldn't find that money anywhere. But he began to pray, and not only that, there was a, um, a prophet had this vivid vision that they were going to, you know, that this group of young people, they were singers, were on tour in the U.S., and they were going to run out of money. So, you know, Pastor Dan Morocco went to pray, and he sought the Lord, and he felt like the Lord said, let, you know, send them. So he put everything on his credit card, you know, and he got the team out here, you know, in the U.S., and they traveled, so, you know, God provided them a vehicle to drive around, and they ended up, you know, coming back with a surplus, paid off all the debt. If God gives you a word, the reason you want to get in the presence of the Lord and find out his will for your life is because when you do, he's going to uphold you. Amen? He's not going to sound, you know, it sounds logical sometimes for us to follow, you know, these things, but if you have a word for the Lord, like everything we've done, how many of you guys ever read The Miracle on Maui? You know, if you read that book, all the miracles that God has done for us, all the financial miracles God has done for us are all because we seek his presence. And I want to encourage you, get in prayer. We have prayer every morning, 7 to 8 in the morning, here at the church. Come and pray. Seek out God's will for your life, and he's going to get, direct you. Secondly, don't do anything out of fear there on your notes. Don't be afraid of that if, you know, so afraid of that that you can't hear God's voice. It's crucial when it comes to that not to operate out of fear, but to very clearly operate from the word of the Lord. You know, God is not a faraway God that is, doesn't know what we're going through. But when you seek his will for your life, he's going to bless you. Now, there are moments we can bless, we can, we can borrow money, but it's got to come within the framework of your willingness to really seek the Lord with all your heart and hear from him because he alone knows the future. Who knows what's going to happen five years from now, right? Who knows what's going to happen, you know, in the economy and all kinds of things. But you seek the Lord and you get a word from it. And when he says go, you go. If he says stop, you stop. Hallelujah. Make sure that you're willing to risk anything or everything because you think what you're borrowing for is the most important thing you could borrow for. And if it doesn't fit that criteria, don't borrow money. What are we talking about? We're talking about breaking debt. Because right now you turn TV on, you turn, you know, you do anything. Everybody's like, borrow, 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 borrow. You don't need to pay, just borrow. You know, where's all the money that, you know, that are, is just being uh, sent all over the, the country. God have mercy. They're just printing money. You don't want to find yourself, you know, owing an evil demonic government. Hallelujah. Greed is one of the main reasons people go into debt. And, you know, it's really to get stuff that they don't need. A lot of times, greed, that's in your notes there, I. So the pride of life in Proverbs 12, 9 says, 
Better is he who is lightly esteemed and has a servant than he who honors himself and lacks bread. You know, don't try to compete with other people. That's pride. And it'll cause you a lot of harm. You know, if you live life trying to get things so, you know, because somebody else got something, it's going to cause you a lot of harm. You know, so seek the Lord, get a word from him. You know, just because you have easy access to borrowing. You know, Dave Ramsey says, no millionaire ever said, I got to where I got to because I earned points on my credit card. And sometimes, you know, we used to fall into that trap. You know, where it's like, oh, no, we're going to get points. Points for what? Like, I don't know. Points. You know, or, or mileage. Where are you going to fly? I don't know. I don't got money to go anywhere. Just get rid of, you know, there was a season in our lives that we had no credit cards. Actually, last year is when we started using credit cards again. We got rid of everything. We got rid of all debt. It's so free. Hallelujah. You know, deception. You can be deceived to, and then borrow. Don't do that. If you operate on the basis of your own desires and think it's God, it's called deception. You're deceived. You hear a lot of people say, oh, God blessed me with, you know, a 2022 Corvette. It's like, ah, praise the Lord. If he blessed you, amen. But anyway, looking at our scriptures, you know what the sad part is? It's never, you know, borrow money to get a Corvette. It's like borrow money to get a Honda Civic. But anyway, looking at our scripture, how to get out of debt. <laughs> and I'm not, there's nothing wrong with Honda Civics. You got a Civic, don't get offended. Amen? I'm just saying. You know, how do we get out of debt? One, turn to the Lord. You see that the widow turned to the man of God for help. In essence, she's turning to God because she didn't have, you know, Holy Spirit like we do. Do you know, if you get in your prayer closet and he's just praying as Lord, help me, you know, he's going to answer you. He's going to speak to you. He speaks to us in his word. Hallelujah. She turned to God and, you know, go beyond, uh, to go beyond your ability, you're going to need God's help. First, repent of your sin. You know, if you find yourself in any of these categories, hallelujah, repent of your sin. Maybe you're bored. Like, you know what? Let me examine myself. Man, it was pride. Lord, forgive me. You know, we sold the car when we moved to Alaska because we sought out help. We were in a lot of debt, and we sought out help with this, you know, gentleman who we knew that, you know, he had money, and he knew how to handle money. He was the treasurer of the church. You know, his family was, you know, was, was good, him and his wife. And so we asked him, can you give us help? And he's like, yes, and he did. And one of the first things he, he did was like, you know, take stock of everything that you spend during the, the month. And we spent every single thing that we, you know, every, every time, every dime we spent, we wrote down on this spreadsheet. And I remember coming to the end of the month, we figured out one of the reasons we were always broke is because we spent $868.22 on eating out. It wasn't like filet mignon and like, you know, king crab. It was McDonald's and, you know, like cheap restaurants that don't serve quality food. <laughs> Repent of your sin. No, I'm serious. That is like poverty. It destroys, it eats away at you. And, be, you, know, and you have to do the work. You have to step out in faith and actually do the work. God is not going to do your budget for you. 
He will help you. You know, I remember hearing a coworker, she was like 19 at the time. She was like, oh, we don't have a budget. You know, that's for poor people. Like, no. You know, like every billionaire company has budgets, operating budgets. You got to have a budget. You know, if you've been a frivolous spender and sought God's will for your life and wasted his resources, repent of it. That's what we did. You know, when I got my, you know, when I got my uh, tax at the end of the year, it's like we made $90,000 this year and we're broke. Like we're always broke. That's not like a lot of money, but it's like not like a little money either. This is like 12, 13 years ago. And we had to pay taxes on top of that. You know, secondly, revere the Lord and live, live, live right first. You know, turn to God. Secondly, revere the Lord and live right. Can I get a better amen? amen. <laughs> live right. She said, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. He was a God-fearing man. Hallelujah. And he was, he was a righteous man. And if you're righteous before God, God is going to help you. But if you're a scoundrel, God's not going to help you. I'm talking financially. If you take stuff, you don't, get, you don't pay back, you borrow money, and then you, you know, I knew somebody who was a serial bankruptcy filer. Every seven years, they would file for bankruptcy. Or whenever they could. And it's like, God is not going to bless that. You got to live right. You got to be righteous. You got to be a tither. You know, if we don't tithe, we cannot stand on the promises of God for the tither. Hallelujah. Shall we get a piano player to soften a little bit? <laughs> Play us a song, you're the anointed man. Play us a song, Minister Micah. You got to be a tither. You know, you got to be involved in ministry. You got to involve yourself with the things of God. You can't expect God to bless you. You know, listen, if you are seeking God only for his blessing, you're trying to pimp out the anointing. And that's not going to work because the Bible, God calls our relationship with him, it's a marriage. Right? We are the bride of Christ. It's a relationship with him. So you got to be involved in ministry. As a matter of fact, you know what my job is as a pastor? As our evangelists, you know, our, our teachers, our um, prophets, you know what the whole purpose of that is? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Who are the saints? Eagle River knows. Who are the saints? You the saints. That means you got to get working for Jesus. Well, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. You know, but the Bible says that our past is under the blood of Jesus. He has redeemed us. Amen. I no longer do what I used to do. So stop doing what you used to do that made you a scoundrel and follow after the Lord and begin to serve. Begin to serve. You have to serve the Lord. If you want to experience, listen, let me tell you something. When we moved to Wasilla, when we moved to the valley, we were broke. We were broken. You know, we had a business. We still, you know, we started in 2013. We moved out here in 2014, beginning of middle of 2014. We had lost every single contract we had in, in Anchorage. It was tough. And, and we, God allowed us to have one contract out here in, Eagle River, in the Wasilla at that time. And it was tough. But as we began, you know, at first, 
as I recommitted my life to the Lord right here, like right here, it was still the, the old carpet. This, is, this carpet is relatively new. And I recommitted my life right here and we began to serve. This church prays, oh my God, can you believe that? We pray. There's prayer that's been going on since 1984. Our church has been praying. Do you know how many churches do that? Not a whole lot. You know, when we begin to serve the Lord, we come to prayer. And it's like, you know, I remember telling my wife, we got to deal with this thing. We had things that, you know, it's just like the devil really tried to screw us up. And I'm like, I got to deal with this. We got to deal with this. We're going to deal with this. You know, and it's like, if you need prayer, come to the altar. You know, come, we're going to pray. We come up and literally Pastor Daniel, like, you know, jumps out. My wife and I are holding hands, like, right here. We used to sit right in this section, number, you know, right here. And um, I, I remember he jumped out and he grabbed our hands. And he says, the Lord says to you, don't deal with it. Like, oh, man. The word of the Lord came to us and saved us from so many disasters. Hallelujah. And God fought for us and we toiled and we worked. We still work a lot. We, it's like days off are special project days. You got to work hard. But God just began to bless us. You know, you take inventory of your life. You can't manage what you can't measure. You can't manage what you can't measure. We did that. As we began to do that, God began to help us. Like, you know, why don't you just cook at home? And I remember when we began to see well, how we were spending our money and we began to put things in order. We can't go eat out, but we have money for gas. We have money. You know, I remember one time driving with this guy who made, you know, he was, he was really well off and he had a big truck. He had a, uh, um, a Chevy Avalanche. And I was like, man, gas guzzler. And I was like, so where do you get your gas? You get special discounts because you work for the oil company. And he's like, I just get my gas anywhere I need to get gas. <laughs> you mean to say that buying gasoline is not a problem for you? Oh my goodness. And it wasn't. And it was the first time I actually had, wow, I don't have to drive. You mean that some people don't drive around the entire city looking for the cheapest gas station? Isn't that something? And let me tell you, God has blessed us. We got a budget. You know what became not an issue? Gas. Because we had a budget. And we always had money for gas. Take inventory. What's in your house? Make a list of your debt. This is very important. We're going to close real quick here soon. Make a list of your debt on your notes. Lay hands on, your, on, on that list and ask God for a strategy to pay them off. We did that. We grabbed every debt we had that was impossible. We had just read that book, The Circle Maker by Mike Hybels. Mike Batterson, right. And... We drew a circle around it with like, you know, just on the carpet, just score the carpet, not deep, just, you know, around that. You know, you gotta read the book. And we laid hands on it and we prayed. 
And we called in the name of the Lord, Father, help us. And he helped us. You know, you pay one debt off, there's a snowball effect. Instead of, you know, going and getting into more debt, apply the money we're paying on that debt on the next one. It's next one, it's called a snowball effect. Lay hands on it, pray. Once it's paid off, cut it up, apply what you were doing. You gotta be patient and diligent. The Bible says that those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You're not going to walk in, in power. You're not going to walk in anointing. You're not going to walk in the favor of God and the blessing of God. What you see are pastors. What you see, you know, our leaders walking. You're not going to walk that in your life unless you are diligently seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. Your talent, you may be util underutilizing your talents. One of the stupidest thing I hear is do something you love, not just for money. If you love doing something that don't make money, you need a third job. Seriously, there's this, you know, there's, it's a culture, listen, it's a demonic doctrine that wants to get you sunk and so open about your feelings. It's how I feel. I feel good when I, when I paint. You can't paint, I mean, unless you can't, but you know, let's say you can't. Or if you know somebody won't buy what you have, work and have a real, you know, something that you can actually make money in. And then on your spare time, you do, you know, do your painting, do your artwork or do whatever it is and try to sell that or try to make money that way until you can substitute one for the other. Possessions, you can, can you really afford? One of the things we first did when we took stock of our lives, I can't afford this nice infinity that I'm driving. We sold it. I sold a pristine infinity GX35, beautiful car, you know, beautiful, beautiful leather interior. And I handed the keys to the man who gave me the money for it. And I was so happy and I walked over to my new-to-me car. Now, it was a 1984 Chevy Blazer that when I drove went because the person who sold it for us for 500 bucks, the day or a couple of days before, you know, wasn't a skid and threw it in four-wheel drive and totally destroyed the four-wheel drive. So, you know, it was like shards of metal in the, in the four-wheel drive that just like rubbed each, you know, and rattled when we drove it. And you know what? I was like, man, thank you, Jesus. I don't owe anything in this car. And I have money for food. I have money for gas. Your possessions, can you really afford what you have? Get rid of anything that is robbing you of your resources, smoking, drinking, your porn subscription. Smile at me. Hallelujah. There are things that we do that is destroying your life. Obey God's specific directions for your situation. Take steps in obedience and faith. Man, the widow obeyed the word of the Lord. She asked the prophet, what do I do? He said, do A, B, C, and D. She didn't alter the plan that she got from the man of God 
she obeyed exactly what he said. You know, obey the word of God and you're going to have the same for you. You know, notice she borrowed stuff, but she gave it back and she made a lot of money out of that. You know, I have a friend who just bought a vehicle. It's, it, it was like about 120,000. This is in another country. So in that currency, it was about $700,000. He paid cash for it because he can't afford it. He's got the money. And somebody else took a loan on the car and he's paying him 1% for two years well, you know, for that loan and insuring the car and paying for him to drive it. There are ways to make money that, you know, are, that you can figure it out, better ways to do it. So this guy who has money, he bought this vehicle, somebody else took out a loan on it and he's paying him interest. It's amazing. And he's driving the car for free and getting paid to drive his brand new BMW. $700,000. So there's a right way to borrow and a very wrong way to borrow. She obeyed God implicitly to the T. Take the oil you have and pour it into the other jars. How many of us would go home and says, are you kidding me? Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I don't have a brain? She says, no, I'm going to get my miracle. And a lot of times God's instructions are going to seem really far out. Like, sacrifice your only son to me. Listen, God doesn't ask for human sacrifices. The only sacrifice that God ever made was himself. His only son, his, his own son. So living that free, instead of spending all the money on interest, you can invest in the work of the Lord. You can invest to leave an inheritance for your children. You know, there's so many ways that you can get out of debt. You must figure out a way how to get out of bad debt, especially. Did you know that I was talking with somebody, they were saying, if you make one extra payment on your mortgage a year, you pay it off in like 11 years? Like on a 30-year mortgage? It relieves the pressures of debt when you live that free. One of the most powerful things for us is knowing that we owe nobody anything. You know, that we're free to worship the Lord. We're free to, you know, if we want to do something, you don't owe anybody anything. It allows us to be generous to others. 2 Corinthians 9, 11 says, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And Ephesians 4 and 28 says, He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must, do, must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. The whole purpose of God to set us free from debt. He set us free from the greatest debt that we could have never paid, which was the debt for our sin. He paid it for us on the cross. Hallelujah. And he wants to bless us so that you're not encumbered by debt, so that when you lay down at night, you're not thinking, I don't know how I'm going to make this payment. So let's all stand as we close. And I want to pray, we're going to break that off. But really, it's a mindset. Because you can get your debt paid off and then get right into debt. Look at the government. You know, it's like 
uncontrolled spending. Hallelujah. God is going to make a way for you, but one, you got to obey. You got to obey what he, what, he, what he says in the word. Owe nothing to no one except a debt of love. And once you do that, once you obey him, once you follow his precepts, you know, he's going to bless you beyond your wildest imagination. So we're going to pray right now. If you are here and you have debt that you have no idea how that's going to get paid off, you're going to take those notes and you're going to follow those things. If it's you got it in there unrighteously, one, you're going to repent. Then you're going to take everything you own. You're going to pray over it. Do it with your family. If it's just you, do it just you. And ask God for wisdom on how to pay it back. And listen, if you want breakthrough, you must be righteous. If you don't pay back what you owe, that is unrighteous. That is evil. So, uh, man, that's really hard, Pastor. I know. I know. But let me tell you something. When you strive to do what is right, God can help you. And he will help you. And not only that, there are some unrighteous debt. There are some things that, you know, we get into debt. It is not from God. It's things that you didn't do that you got pegged for. And those things, once you're doing what is righteous and walking rightly, those things can be broken off. So we're going to pray right now. How many of you guys need God to intervene in your life in one way or another? Some of you owe a debt in court and you need that to be, um, you need to bet that to be erased. God can do that. But you must repent and turn to him with all your heart and he's going to do it. So come on, just put your hands over your heart. I'm going to pray right now. And what God did for me, he can do for you. Amen. Let me tell you something. You're never going to make a lot of money if you don't work hard. Easy, easy peasy goes easy peasy as well. So let me pray for you right now. Father, I pray for your people. Thank you for what you have done in their lives. I pray, God, for a release right now of your power and your grace. I break the power of that. Let every unrighteous thing that has been packed on your people that is hindering them from moving forward, Lord, even the result of the past and the result of past sin, Lord, it is under the blood of Jesus, and we ask you right now, Lord, and declare a cancellation of those things. Father, I pray for a supernatural ability to pay off what needs to be paid off. And I pray, Lord, open the doors for your people and release your grace upon them in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.